Hello, and welcome to Glory Be, interesting people and how they pray. Each week, we chat with interesting people about their lives, their work, and how they pray. I'm Sharon Hanish. And I'm Mike Malcolm. Our guests this week are two employees of the Church of St. Benedict in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. I happen to be married to one of them. Raise your hand. (laughs) This one. This is Deb Malcolm, and this is Viviana, and they are two of the many staff members at St. Benedict that make St. Benedict a unique parish. So welcome to the podcast. Thank Thank you, Thank you. So if I didn't know anything about St. Benedict... Tell me about the Church of St. Benedict. Well, I know that it is um, established back when I was in third grade because my uh, family was one of the founding, you know, families there. And uh, we started at um, a convent in Broken Arrow. Uh, That's before they built the church where we now uh, worship. Uh, We uh, had mass and all of our parish activities at uh, our Sisters of the Sorrowful Mother uh, graciously opened their home to us. Beautiful marble chapel. I say marble because everything was marble and stained glass and gorgeous. Uh, and then um, that's where I got tagged along to choir practice with my mom and dad and got to sing in the choir loft uh, in, uh, and meet all of the nuns and all of that. Uh, and then we moved into the church uh, proper where it is now. Um, I think that was 1983, 84. Uh, and we've been going strong ever since. Back in the day, that convent was out in the boonies. Mm-hmm. It was out very rural. Not anymore. <laughs> and, yeah, and St. Benedict is very much connected to Tulsa, but it is a, a suburb mm-hmm. of it. But it's in one of those rapidly growing areas that continues to rapidly grow. How many parishioners do you guys have now? It's huge. I think there are 1,700 families. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's around it's there. big. Yeah. So and there's a it's lot big. of people. And I grew up there. I've worked there the last 24 years, and I'm still always meeting new people, which floors me because I'm pretty gregarious, and I still don't know everybody from right. St. Benedict's. Right. Uh, yes, so, Deb, is, you're yeah. in charge of youth ministry, yes. and you've been there 24 years yes. as the youth minister. Mm-hmm. That's got lots of, That's got to be a record for, like, the longest youth minister of all time. It might be. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of turnover, but to, with me, and I pray, God, if you want to kick me out of this position, you just show me, you know, <laughs> if you've got someone you better. Hoping, <laughs> no, 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 no. So how did but, you get into youth? And we were talking that we have uh, known each other for a very long time, that we were um, camp counselors. I was a terrible camp counselor at the youth she camp. Says but that. No, she was not. <laughs> so was, was that what? What drew you to to youth ministry? Well, summer camp was actually a big part of that. And then my mom was the youth minister as a kind of a part-time stipend position when I was in middle school and high school. And... Um, I so I grew up, you know, just watching her calling for chaperones and calling the kids. I, this is back when we called people, you know, before text messaging, <laughs> and um, you know, calling all the kids and saying, "Here's what we're doing on Wednesday. Please come," and and that and all of that. And so she was a huge influence on me, uh, and seeing her joy in doing youth ministry. And then she would just like invite me to youth minister meetings when I was in high school, you know. <laughs> 
I don't know why, and I don't know why I was so interested in going, but I would show up for these diocesan meetings. I even went to like a regional, Region 10 um, youth minister's convention with her in in Texas. Um, And that was my freshman year in college when I was still thinking I was going to be a uh, middle school music teacher. And, uh, you know, I went to this youth ministry conference. I was like, wow. People could do this like as a job full time, you know, because not a Catholic church is, there weren't a lot of full time youth ministers uh, back in the day. Now more so, uh, but even still, we feel kind of like pilgrims, I think, sometimes, yeah. uh, and things change. And sometimes the DRE also has to be the youth director and also has to be everything else at the parish, you know, because uh, you, know, you don't have the big uh, re- parish with resources like St. Benedict's has been blessed to have. So, what so. does a typical week look uh, as far as activities like for a a kid at St. Benedict's who's involved in one of your programs? Well we're very blessed at St. Benedict's to be able to host a lot of um, different uh, groups Mm -hmm. and some of them are diocesan groups but they meet at St. Benedict's. Um, Things that fall under my calendar are youth choir practice and uh, on Sundays and then we meet you know and sing once or twice a month at the Sunday night mass. Um, religious education classes, of course, and then Wednesday nights, uh, high school youth group, uh, Friday nights, we have middle school youth group. And then I have a, uh, St. Nicholas club, which is third, fourth and fifth graders that, uh, do a monthly service project. So those are some of the things on my calendar, but, um, a lot of kids at St. Benedict's get involved because they're uh, part of a a homeschool co-op, which is a diocesan group, Mm -hmm. but they meet at St. Benedict's and a lot of those families are St. Benedict's families. And it's kind of cool for, you know, to see all of those kids in our hallways. Um, and then American heritage girls, another diocesan group meets at St. Benedict's. Uh, challenge girls uh viviana's daughter is uh was one of the leaders and one of the one of the and now her younger daughter alexa is a participant and uh they meet on thursday nights you know uh boy scouts cub scouts Mm -hmm. and then um uh, also, our Dead Theologian Society, which is, it's actually a, a lay apostolate um, mm-hmm. internationally, but we have a chapter at St. Benedict's that St. Benedict's uh, uh, sponsors. Mm-hmm. And most of the kids are St. Benedict's kids, but we often draw from other uh, churches as well. Yeah. We'll come over uh, for Dead Theologians, and they study the life of a saint every week. They go to adoration every uh, Tuesday night, and that's been a very fruitful group. Uh, as far as just growing kids in the yeah. faith. So. And so you were not born in, in Broken Arrow, but when did you become, uh, you were said third grade? Uh, well, we moved to Broken Arrow when I was going into first grade. Uh-huh. We went to St. Anne's uh, in Broken Arrow, yeah. my uh, first and second grade. Uh, second grade received my first communion yeah. at the parish hall uh, yeah. because they didn't have the church that's built there now, the yeah. beautiful church now. Um, and then uh, St. Benedict's was established actually while I was going through second oh. grade, and we joined the summer after I, okay. I think my parents just want to you know complete the sacramental preparation mm-hmm. for me and then we joined st benedict and where sense. were you two married 
Holy family. Because you were holy family. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. yes. Okay. So you probably never see Mike. You're like super busy. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Sundays are very busy for me and oftentimes Mike mm-hmm. over the years. And so uh, going to mass together, sadly, is not always it's on, yeah, on the yeah. on the calendar. Something <laughs> to look forward to in retirement. So Viviana, yes. you um, <laughs> get to go to mass together oh, and when you go on vacation. I guess. So, <laughs> yeah. Viviana, you are the director of adult faith for is that your title? Adult formation. Yes. Adult, adult mm-hmm. formation. And so that, what all does that cover at St. Benedict's? Well, a big part is the RCIA. That is, that is big. Yes. And then we also have some Bible studies for uh, women. We have it in during the day. And then a Sunday scripture study that we have on Sundays, open to all the parish for adults. And then, um, you know, things that might happen during the year. Like the Lent and the Lenten mm-hmm. series, yeah. just to kind of think about that. Advent by Candlelight, that's becoming more popular. So yes. that's probably yeah. an event that we annually done. And different things that we might need to do, like workshops for the liturgical ministers. That that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. of. <laughs> so some of our list- and a big chunk is RCA. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge job. And some people might be hearing your accent. So tell us your story. Like, <laughs> where do you come from and how did you end up in Tulsa? I know. Well, I was, uh, I'm from Mexico, obviously born in Mexico. Uh, but I've been here in Tulsa or in the Tulsa area since 2003. I got married in 2002 and then we just came. My husband fiance at the time he um he used to travel a lot and he got a, a job offer so he came to live to Tulsa and then when we got married I came and he was already kind of established here but um do you want to hear up the the story yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so I was very active in my parish in Mexico and one time I go to mass and I hear this uh priest that has this accent he was trying to practice his Spanish so he introduced himself he said I'm from Tulsa Oklahoma and I'm like wait a minute my fiance lives there so I went and introduced myself and it it turns out it was Father Mike Mike Knight yeah Father Mike Knight who's a glory be guest yeah so um so he gave me his card he said you know tell your fiance there's a Spanish mass in in Tulsa so I did I gave the information to my fiance and then um we had to do the paperwork to get married, so he needed a, a letter, you know, like from the pastor. So he went and met Father Mike, and he's like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Leave it leave it to me. So we got married. So the first Sunday is like, where are we going to Mass? Well, we're going to Father Mike's uh, parish. That was resurrection at a mm-hmm. time, and now yeah. it's again. So, yeah. <laughs> so wow. that's how we, um, I, I get to say, I, I got to meet Father Mike before even living in Tulsa. Yes, that is a small <laughs> world. I mean, Mexico, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I mean, yeah. <laughs> who yeah. would think? So, okay, so you're a member at Resurrection for a while. Mm-hmm. How did and you? And I had worked at Resurrection also. Yeah. Okay, so you oh. did you do the same job? I mean, were you adult? No, I actually, well, Father Mike, um, <laughs> I started volunteering, and then he offered me a job for um, liturgical minister's director. So, to be in charge of like the lectors and the Eucharistic ministers oh, yes, yes. and all that. And then, um, then he left <laughs> because mm-hmm. they moved him to Pius at that time. So then Father Steve uh, Austin came and then a lot of things start moving within the Hispanic ministry. Mm-hmm. So that was, um, things that, you know, 
you get like so many hats. Job, <laughs> job yeah, yes. 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 <laughs> Taking care of stuff. So, yeah. And I worked there for like 12 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. You do RCIA and you have an interesting RCIA program because it's year round. Year round. So yes. it's kind of like a merry-go-round. People can get on <laughs> at any time. And so that, that's creative, but that has to be kind of a, a difficult thing to administrate. Yes. So how, yes. What, what does RCI or the conversion process look like for somebody who joins? It, it can be tricky because yeah. it's a, a year-round thing. Yeah. But I got I to gotta say Peggy, who's mm-hmm. the one that um, retired and I got uh, to do her job now, she, she really had like a really good foundation and she developed a program and she has this team of people that, you know, make it work because otherwise mm-hmm. it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that, that's that's one big part of the success of the RCIA, mm-hmm. I think, because we have many people that can do many different things at some point. Like, if in the middle of the year somebody is wanting to come, then they meet with a couple of the team members, and then they start that inquiry process. And then whenever they feel ready, then they join, like, the big group. And then there's people that might not need a lot of formation mm-hmm. sessions, and then they'll be ready to enter at a different time and don't okay. have to wait for the whole year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, make it more difficult in a way. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, yeah. if you're ready, let's just go ahead you and meet it. you where you are and then yes. go be Catholic. So, it, it, you know, many parishes that do just the one session per year, mm-hmm. you know, they'll start in the fall and mm-hmm. then they conclude at Easter mm-hmm. um, or, or do a little after Easter. So uh, do you schedule quarterly times for people to come in or is it just, purely on an individual basis it's more like on an individual yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. even though they say that it's uh wise to have like yeah. a couple of dates mm-hmm. scheduled just in case yeah. right um, but you just never know yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so do you have a group come in at easter uh we had just one person mm-hmm. because we only have one catechumen but we did have four um candidates which are already baptized christians mm-hmm. that came before uh into the church this last cycle i will say mm-hmm. yeah and then we had during the summer we had uh, four participants uh, one of them already came into the church the other one is uh, probably this month and then mm-hmm. the other two were still kind of waiting on some, yeah. okay. some other stuff so yeah, yeah. it's ongoing well, yeah it's ongoing i bet i bet well um tell me a favorite childhood memory of the church. That's a kind of an, this is going to be interesting people and how they pray. <laughs> so tell me an interesting story about your childhood. Deb, let's flip to you. Interesting. Uh, well, again, back to the stained glass mm-hmm. windows at yeah. the convent. And I remember I had like this, you know, little change purse, you know, third grade Deb yeah. and, uh, or this little person. And I had like some change in it. So <laughs> I don't know why I thought to do this, but I like put it by the stained glass window thinking that I should donate. You know, to the church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I, it didn't occur to me to put it in the collection basket, yeah. but whatever. So, uh, yeah, and now some of those stained glass windows are in our Adoration Chapel ah. at um, uh, St. Benedict's. We just built a new Adoration Chapel. It's uh, it's actually a self-standing place mm-hmm. that's 6 a.m. to midnight. You know, people can go and adore. And some of those stained glass windows are from the convent. Oh, that's nice. And, uh I don't, I remember the, um, like the uh, style, but I don't exactly remember those stained glass windows, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, there's definitely ties in there, you know, that, yep. that kind of gives me a little nostalgia. Right. <laughs> right. That's a great story. Yep. Mm-hmm. Viviana, do you have a favorite childhood? Ooh, well, 
The first one that came to my mind is when I was probably in high school, um, before I, I got confirmed, there was a program. It was a four-year program. It was three years of formation, and then the four-year was uh, like apostolate, like service. Mm-hmm. So the nun uh, decided that I, who was like in, I don't know, sophomore year, was responsible <laughs> to teach preschool kids uh, oh. like RE class. It was a friend and myself. And uh, I think the only thing that we did the whole year was trying to get them to um, make the sign of the cross. Like every week was the same thing. Like, we got to make the sign of the cross to this preschool. Mm-hmm. I think that was the only thing that we teach them. And we had a lot of fun. We were just playing with them outside. So I don't know what they did. Yeah. <laughs> To the poor kids, like, yeah, go play with this high schooler. Oh, that was yeah. funny. <laughs> well, you were both early on tr- attempting to catechize people and mindful of the the stewardship way of life, you know. <laughs> Deb's contributing. I don't money. know. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I don't know what was going on. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, um, we love that we're, you guys are here and our, as our guests. We always move to the how you pray uh, section of our podcast, and I'm just going to tell our audience, before we began, Deb had us pray together as we prepared to to talk and to um, communicate what God willed you to communicate, because we hope that all of our listeners always find what we share and who we interview to be helpful in increasing their holiness as well. So I'll start with you, Viviana, this time. So how do you pray? You know, do you do you have a, do you pray in English or Spanish? You can answer that in a minute because I'm interested in that. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, do you, what has been fruitful for you? What draws your heart? Is it scripture? Is it mass? Is it a little bit of everything, quiet prayer? Mm-hmm. Um Talk oh my about gosh. what you just mentioned, like everything. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So All what of is those a, things. What, what does a things. day in the life of Viviana pray look like? Okay. So obviously, because I'm Mexican, Spanish is my to go language. However, my kids uh, were born here, so now they they English has been more um, practice with them. Um, I don't speak to them in English. I speak them in Spanish, but they answer me in English and they they have found obviously their spirituality to be more in English mm-hmm. so we go to mass at St. Benedict which is in English and whenever we um, we pray sometimes uh, I think they're more used to the English prayer however as a family we pray the rosary and they know it in Spanish because that's mm-hmm. how I started when they were little so they know the prayers and we do that in Spanish um, so I I usually just kind of uh, read the readings of the day. Um, Bishop Barron, mm-hmm. so great. Uh, do the reflection, and then I have my little book. I, I do a lot of uh, already established prayers. I love that we have so many saints and people that just have a prayer for everything. So I don't have to come up with my own. Um, so I usually do that. And then um, I do, do kind of like... Um, do a lot of prayer when I'm at mass in Spanish, you know, after communion, mm-hmm. like that. All everything, it's more spontaneous, but it's in silence. So yeah. that's like like my personal time. Yeah. I love that. And let's put a link in the show notes to Bishop yep. Barron. Absolutely. Uh, yep. I too love him, but I like yeah. that daily yeah. email. Or <laughs> do you ever find yourself um, like praying in English or praying in Spanish and thinking, oh, why? Or did what I switch or something? Yeah. Or something? Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. 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 
It's becoming, I think, a little bit more regular because mm -hmm. I'm speaking English all day mm -hmm. with, uh, with the parish. There's not a lot of opportunity to speak Spanish um, compared to a resurrection that there yeah. were some Hispanic uh, ministry needs that now will be speaking both mm -hmm. languages. But now it's becoming a little bit more. What a gift that's been to your kids. I, I always wish my kids were bilingual or mm -hmm. I was bilingual. And I love that you like prayed the rosary in Spanish. And you, anyway, I, I love that. So yeah. thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So Deb, um, what does a day in the life of Deb praying look like? I mean, obviously you are very mindful of it because you had us pray together before we began. It's part of your natural way mm -hmm. of being. Mm -hmm. um, so Tell us, what draws your heart? Yeah, that's it right there. It's natural, just like, we're going to start this meeting, so let's pray first, you know. And because I've worked at a church forever, I get to get I get to do that pretty often. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm always just praying for random things, you know, walking down the hallway, and I'll think of someone, I'll be like, I need to pray for them, you know, so I just pray right at that time. And um, you said, you know, what draws your heart to prayer, people uh, I'm very extroverted and, you know, I'm always thinking of people. And so that's what I'm usually praying about is people I know and what they're dealing with and, you know, what, what they're going through. And I know I've referred to stained glass and things like that, but usually that's not what's most inspiring to me. Um, although I love a beautiful church, but people are what inspires me to grow in my own faith and also what inspires me to prayer because I'll either be praying in Thanksgiving for this great person who inspires me or, uh, you know, or something great that happened in their life, uh, or praying for what is going on in their life that maybe they need help, uh, uh, from God. And so I, I probably, I, I'm definitely not built to be a contemplative. <laughs> uh, and, you know, my prayers usually oriented to sort of some sort of work or uh, active activity or active something. Uh, but, um, you know, I do love going to daily mass when I can. And, um, you know, I have an adoration hour and things like that. Um, so, you know, I try to, I try to, because I know I need that, but my, I'm not always orientated that way. <laughs> yes. And do you, Mike mentioned that you all try to say night prayer together? We try to say night mm -hmm. prayer together. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I fall asleep, and it's a very short <laughs> prayer. <laughs> you know, like I, but it doesn't take long. It does not it's take long, happen. as he can tell you. I can sit down on the couch and be out. Uh, so, uh, but yes. I'm surprised you made it through I'm, this far I, in the I, podcast. Well, this is time of day. I'm not a night prayer. <laughs> yeah. I'm all about early morning. You know, mm. but. Exact same. Yeah, so what's so. your favorite go-to prayer? If you got a minute to pray and you um, just decide to pray, what are you going to pray? Yeah, well, definitely the Hail Mary mm -hmm. is one that I use a lot. Actually, our kids, um, I've taught them a little saying, take a deep breath and say a Hail Mary, you know, mm -hmm. because uh, during those stressful points in their upbringing, it was like, let's all just take a deep breath and say a Hail Mary, you know, <laughs> and um, that is such a great way to, you know, I'm <laughs> my thoughts are thin sinful. Oh, let's say a Hail Mary and try to get myself out of this, you know. Uh, so that's probably my favorite go-to prayer. Uh, yeah. Viviana, how about you? Um, well, one time Father Steve Austin, when he was the pastor, we used to have this, uh, sometimes like monthly or something, we would just go as a staff and pray yeah. uh, for like 10 minutes for all the people that needed prayer. 
And um, one time he was talking about just to mention the name of Jesus. So I guess that's mm. the Jesus prayer, yeah. right? Yeah. I didn't yeah. know about that. Mm. So I just mentioned the, the, the name of Jesus. I'm like, that's great. That's so easy. Because, you know, by the when you mention it, it's like, Contemptions go away, yes. and then you, yeah. you you kind of like refocus. Yeah. I don't do that a lot, but when I need it, it's like just say the name of Jesus. That's mm-hmm. all you need. Oh, <laughs> great! That, that is fantastic. Well, we're kind of gearing up to yeah. end our podcast, mm-hmm. so we have a couple of questions for you. So the first is: Has there been a time in your life when it's been difficult to pray? And if you'll answer that kind of quickly. You <laughs> <laughs> we were too, too talkative. Yeah, so, yes. No, no, I love this. Uh, and we can go over a little yeah. bit. But, um, and then the second is, if you have one prayer intention that you'd like to ask the whole world to join you in praying for, what would that be? Oh. So, Deb, would you like to field those questions first? Okay. Um, the one prayer intention, I'm going to say, I don't think there is one. I think God is as big and diverse as the all of the humans and the creations that he has created. And to say there's just one, I don't know. I just think that he's involved in all of these little things in every person's heart. And so uh, I don't know if we can just put it under one thing. <laughs> but I'm glad that he is such a detail-orientated God and that he's so big and so... Um, mighty that he can know all the little things <laughs> and we should and then i think he wants us to just be concerned for the little things you know and pray for this little thing for this person and that little thing or it can be a very big life-changing thing you know this person is on their deathbed you know but pray for that one person you know uh so i would say that i have a hard time i have a difficult time with the one um mm-hmm. and then so i got off on that what was the other thing the other uh, was has there been a time in your oh, life when it's yes. been difficult to pray has been um so my junior year in college i everything was going spectacular you know like i had been on this up and up high school um my first years of college were just massive spiritual growth for me and I'm very grateful for youth ministry and things like that that you know propelled me in that direction so I don't know if I hit a plateau or what was going on but I was at the University of Dayton which is this beautiful amazing Catholic college and I was involved in campus ministry everything I could put my hands on but for me personally I just everything was dry and when I heard about Mother Teresa kind of going through that experience as well, although she had, of course, a much uh, greater, you know, things that she was dealing with. Uh, but I can I can relate to that because it was just like, I'm, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know I've got to stay involved with my faith. I've got to pray. But it was just dry. And I don't know why. But I'm glad that I had good Christian friends around me that kept me focused on we're going to go to Mass together. We're going to pray. We're going to do these things. Several of our guests have commented They've gone through the same experience. Yeah. Even uh, one archbishop yeah. who said, <laughs> you know, just dealing with that, it, you know, sometimes uh-huh. it just happens. Yeah. So, yeah. Viviana, how about you? Yeah, of course. Um, I don't think, like, I kind of didn't practice the prayer mm-hmm. as much. Um, but I, th- I think I was blessed with the fact that I, I had the faith still. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm not doing anything. I'm not being active. It, but it's like everything, it's in your hands, and that's it. It's like, the faith is there, so you, right. just, you just do it. Fair I wasn't enough. really, yeah, I wasn't really like praying, but it's like, but the faith there is still, yeah. 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 
Well, and yeah. as we get ready to close, do you have a, a prayer intention that you would like us and all of our listeners to, pr- to join you in? <sighs> conversion. Conversion, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. RCI conversion. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because if everybody, you know, it's like love each other, then this will be a better world for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Oklahoma is something like, what, 5%? Catholic. Well, we're so. yeah, we're minorities. Yeah, yes. so it's a target-rich environment for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's great. Well, um, would you lead us in a glory be? Sure. Okay, yeah. both of you, if you want. I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to Viviana because <laughs> okay, okay. I've already said too much. Well, so, you, know. <laughs> you, you do the English, I'll do the Spanish. Oh yeah, oh, let's that's do that. Perfect. Oh, like that. That's mm-hmm. perfect. Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as, as it was, was in the beginning, beginning and is now, and ever shall be, world, world without end, end. Amen. Gloria al Padre, al Hijo, y al Espíritu Santo, como era en un principio, ahora y siempre, por los siglos de los siglos. Amen. 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 Thank you both very Thank much. You. This has been great. Thank you. Thank yes. you for having us. Uh-huh. Sure. Glory Be is a production of the Office of Communications at the Church of St. Mary in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm your producer, Mike Malcolm. See you next time.